You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, what's good? Welcome back to another edition of the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. I am your host, Blair Angulo. We will be joined on this show by Brian Doan. He's a national recruiting analyst for 24-7 Sports to preview the ACC storylines heading into this 2022 class as a way to set the table for the 2022 class and get fans up to speed. Every Monday for the next few weeks, we will be highlighting one of the Power Five conferences and discussing five talking points to look for in the 2022 class. Remember to subscribe and review if you leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts with a recruiting question. You've got a chance to have that recruiting question answered on an upcoming mailbag episode. Before we get to Brian Doan to break down the ACC storylines, let's begin with the kickoff. Sark has struck in his old stomping grounds. That's right, Coach Steve Sarkeesian, who just took over at Texas, landed five-star quarterback Malik Murphy out in the Golden State this past weekend. Malik Murphy, the six-foot-five, two hundred and twenty-five-pound prospect from Gardena Serra in Southern California, becomes the headliner so far in the 2022 class for Steve Sarkeesian. Malik Murphy told national recruiting analyst Greg Biggins that he has yet to visit Austin, but he has heard great things from both of his parents who have been there and he has family in the Texas area as well so those recommendations allowed him to feel a little bit more comfortable with that decision now Sark was a big reason why this decision happened when it did Murphy knows that Sarkeesian is a California guy he feels confident in his offense understands what he was able to accomplish at Alabama and believes that Sark is the right man for the Longhorns on the flip side of it there is some risk for Sarkeesian in this move. Murphy has all the upside in the world. He's a top 30 prospect in the nation for the 2022 class, according to the 24-7 sports composite. Murphy has a big frame. He has a big arm. He was one of the top performers in November at the Elite 11 Regional in Los Angeles, but he has yet to start a high school football game. The season in the state of California was initially pushed back to March, but here we are a couple weeks away, and there's still no clarity on whether that will happen, so Malik Murphy has yet to take a snap as a junior at Gardena Sarah. The long-term outlook for this is also going to be very interesting to monitor because not only does Texas have some top talent locally, including Cade Klubnik, who led his program in Austin Westlake to a deep state championship run, but there's also Quinn Ewers, the number one prospect overall in the 2022 class, who was initially committed to Texas, backed off that commitment, and has since flipped to Ohio state so as things stand now in that 2022 class and steve sarkeesian aims to bring texas back to national prominence it's going to be very interesting and i feel like malik murphy quinn ewers kate klubnik and a few others will be forever linked and fans in austin and around the state of texas will be very interested to see whether this gamble by steve sarkeesian has paid off now shifting gears, we'll take it to the East Coast and Brian Doan, he's a national recruiting analyst for 24-7 Sports. And at one point, 
a co-host of this podcast, but he's been on a hiatus. <laughs> Brian, how are we doing? I'm doing well. I think I'm only allowed to come on when Liverpool scores goals. And so all of January, they didn't score. So they actually lost three to one the other day. So here I am. Yeah, they finally scored and you get and you get to go on the podcast. So <laughs> it's good to have you here. As I mentioned in the opening, we're doing a preview of every Power 5 conference over the next couple of weeks. And we're starting off with the ACC and we're going to discuss five talking points or, or five storylines to monitor in this 2022 class as we kick off the cycle. Let's begin with point number five. We're going to work our way up to number one. And let's start with Boston College and, and Coach Jeff Halfley and, and obviously they had built some momentum during the season didn't finish I think the way they they wanted to the trajectory that they were expecting but I think they have a good thing going heading into this 2022 class yeah they do and and what they've done is they've done a really good job of a going a little bit outside of what the normal Boston College footprint is and you've seen that with Jeff Halfley and what they did and and really you know, we'll look at his 21 class is really his first class because when he got there and they went outside of the footprint. And a big reason is uh, Azar Abdul-Rahim, who really good assistant coach, good recruiter. He was a Washington, D.C. high school coach, went down to Alabama, was at Maryland, went to UMass for years, D coordinator. Now he's at, at B.C. And, and the kids love him from the from the DMV, as they call it, you know, the Northern Virginia, Washington, D.C., Maryland area. They've done a good job there. But what they've really done a good job of is identifying kids early in a class, getting on them heavily and making sure to love them up. And and one of the guys in the recruiting department, you know, who oversees recruiting Joe Sullivan is a key in that, in getting these guys on board. And you look, now look, it, it's not going to stay there. You, you know how it is early. They have seven commits and, you know, they rank number two in the ACC and 14th nationally. But I think the thing that you really look at is they're in St. Francis of Baltimore which is the national power where they grabbed a kid out of in the last class that they flipped from Florida in a cornerback, CJ Burton. They get Jamal Hood, who's a really good player out of there. You know, again, down in Maryland, Jeremiah Franklin, who is starting to pick up some other offers. Now he's a tight end. And remember, they didn't play in Massachusetts or down in Maryland, you know, in the fall. So they're, you know, some are going to play in the spring, some won't, but you know, it's it's Azar's relationships down there that lets them identify guys like Jeremiah Franklin and also Jamal Hood. And then you look at what they've done, you know, locally. And one of the kids that I love is a kid named Joseph Griffin out of Springfield, Central Massachusetts. And I was fortunate enough to see him in a seven on seven on Saturday. Uh, he's just long. He's he's every bit of six three, six four. He'll at the end of the day, he's going to be a two hundred and fifteen pound receiver. Great athletic system can really go up and get the ball. Good hands, and and I was able to see some of that. He made a couple of beautiful catches, including a one handed catch in the corner of the end zone in the seven on seven. And and they've done a good job of of attracting the local kids that you know buy into it really quick about how you know not only can BC compete in the ACC, but at Boston College Education it is. Pretty Pretty important um, and and holds a lot of the power in the Northeast and and I think that's something that they've done a good job selling too. But it goes down to how how diligent they've been in recruiting and, and just really staying on kids and making sure that they've got some kids identified early in the cycle that they like and, and building the connections locally. Yeah, evaluations, especially for a staff like that first year for J Jeff Halfley at Boston College and missed out on that honeymoon period that you see a first year coach have because of the recruiting dead period, right?
right? No on-campus visits, no in-person meetings, no face-to-face contact. All that was lost. And he didn't have that uh, for much of this 2021 class. And so evaluations, identification, being able to scout out talent during virtual means on, on video calls and, and even, you know, scouting uh, on, on, on tape. I think that's been a big component. So looking ahead to this 2022 class, especially if the recruiting dead period is lifted, um, you know, obviously we're hearing that it could get pushed back and, and it, this could drag on maybe a, a few more months than, than anticipated. That's going to be an important thing for, for BC. It is. And, and I think one thing that really can get overlooked, especially when you're, you know, listen, Alabama is the Clemson's, the Ohio States, they're going to be able to go get the best and, and everybody knows and they're that. Recruiting, uh, they're recruiting to prestige. They are. And, and, but one of the things you look at, like whether you're, you know, you're, you're Boston College, Maryland, Virginia Tech, some of the schools here in the East, it's not only making the connections during these virtual visits, Zoom calls, because the East is so close. I mean, you got to realize you can go from Boston to New York to Philadelphia to Baltimore to D.C. in what? six to seven hours. So so we're tight here in the East. But the other thing is, who do you trust, right? And so I mentioned with the czar and he's got the connections in the DMV. Who do you trust? These are kids that you haven't seen a lot, but these kids are working out with their trainers and they're working out with some, you know, some of their teammates. And so word starts to circulate. And, and so who do you trust? And, and that's what a big part of this is, is, you know, the trust level that you have with local trainers, really becomes a factor. Yeah. So Boston College signed the number eight class in the ACC in 2021 with 26 commitments. That was second most in the conference. Uh, So from number five to our number four talking point is Florida State. They signed the fewest commits uh, among the high school ranks in the 2021 class in the ACC. And they are off to a hot start in 2022. Already have a commitment from five-star cornerback Travis Hunter. They rank number one in the ACC early on. They have a top 10 class nationally early on as well uh, with five commitments so far in this 2022 cycle what do we like about the Seminoles heading into this class well I mean I think the one thing you like is they 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 have a quarterback and he's he's a kid Blair that you should know pretty well because he's from Hamilton high out in Chandler Arizona just outside of Phoenix Nico Martial am I saying that right that's that's your guy it's Marquio Marquio yeah Marquio we're we're getting a little French here we're a little French lesson I did have fast food today for Valentine's Day. And, you know, as we taped this and I did have French fries. So I think that's where it comes from. (laughs) But, you know, I I think with him, if you look at it, they really needed to get a quarterback on board. So much so that, I mean, they're still involved with A.J. Duffy, you know, who's just put out his top four final four of Michigan State, Penn State, Oregon and Florida State now. I mean, Arizona State's not on this list, but you kind of get the idea that he may uh, wind he up might, going he there might, anyway. He might do a little smokescreen <laughs> you know, action. You know, we've, we've had a few of those in the East. Um, you know, that must that just must be maybe the Southeast rubbing off on him a little bit. But for me, it, it was huge to get the quarterback on board. And then, you know, I, I've watched Florida State with its former staff come up to the Northeast and try to recruit offensive tackles, and they'll continue to do it. And I, I think as they try to rebuild that offensive line, they still got to find that guy who can be a cornerstone left tackle for three seasons for them. I think that's a big thing. And I think think anybody that watched them this past season knows that, hey, they still got to get some playmakers out there, whether it be a running back or receiver. I mean, Blair, I I know that you may not be as uh, seasoned as me, we'll call it, not old, but Florida State, 
when when they were rolling with Bowden and everything, I mean, they had dudes, even with Jimbo, they had dudes, whether it was a receiver or a running back, they had guys that anytime touch the ball, you're like, man, you make a guy miss, look out, he's gone. You blow a coverage, he's gone. And, and I think they need more of that. And I, I think it's key that they start getting some of those guys. I mean, I know you mentioned that, you know, they're off to the quick start with the five commits. They're ranked in the top 10. They got a quarterback and they got one receiver. The other three are on the defensive side of the ball. And good players and all, but you, you kind of want that dude who can just really be a game breaker for you. And if you're Florida State and you're going to compete against Miami and Clemson and, and you want to get back to the playoff, you, you need more than one of those. And, and so this is you, you really have to start getting that guy in this next class. Tallahassee needs some star power in this 2022 class. Hey, and, and, and football's – listen, college football is so much more fun when Miami, Florida, and Florida State are all good. I mean, it, it's so, it, because there's so many storylines and undercurrents and everything with it. And I, I think you want to, you know, and, and I think for Florida State, they still, like I said, man, they got the quarterback. They'll try to get another one, it looks like, in this class. But they're not going to have to force it. If it's not there, it's not there. But you, you got to take care of the offensive line. And, and then you got to <laughs> you just need more playmakers. UCF fans are, are ready to send a, a bunch of hate mail over to, to Brian Doan if we're going to leave them out of, of the conversation in the state of Florida. Well, I mean, when they start playing each other, then we'll get into the discussion. <laughs> well, they're, they're national champions. I don't know if you heard. Well, uh, they were at Disney. How would I not know? <laughs> <laughs> All right. That is Brian Doan. We're going to be back with more here on the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We are back on the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. I am Blair Angulo. Before we get back to Brian Doan and the ACC talking points, let me tell you about the College Football Daily with Trey Scott as well as the Late Kick with Josh Pate. Those are two other podcasts on the network here on 24-7 Sports. And make sure you hit that subscribe button. Make sure you search them wherever you find your podcasts to get a grand scope of things as we head into the heat of the offseason. Now, Brian, we, we touched on points number five and points number four let's go to point number three now what do you got well when, when i look at it for me i really want to talk about miami and, and what's going on there i've always been of the belief that there's so much talent in south florida that miami should always be a top 10 program i mean i, I know what la is like and i know what texas is like but when it comes down to straight you know especially skill guys or defensive guys the only thing you don't see a lot of is, you know, maybe quarterbacks and the offensive line. And for me, Miami is really big and they revamped their whole defensive staff for the most part, you know, and a big one is Travaris Robinson comes in. He was at South Carolina. He is a big time recruiter. I mean, big time. He's from Miami. Now he didn't go there. He went to Auburn, but he knows South Florida. He knows that area that is so rich in talent, you know? And so the question is, can they land the elite DBs? That's what his background is in, you know, in coaching is a lot, you know, he's, he's the coordinator at South Carolina at the end, but also really well known for coaching the defensive backs. For me, can they go out and really get that big time cornerback or two who 
you can just leave out there on the edge and just lock down guy. We always use the term lockdown corner, lockdown corner. To me, it's one of the most overused terms because there's not a lot of them. A lockdown corner is a guy that you can just roll your safeties to the other side of the field all the time because you don't have to worry about them. And there aren't a lot of those guys in college football. So to me, that's bigger than the other thing is, again, Blair, I, I know I may, you know, have a few more gray hairs than you. You probably don't have any yet. But I think we're calling that seasoned? Seasoned, seasoned, yes. A lot of a lot of salt and pepper seasoning for me. Um, <laughs> but, you, you know, I go back and, and you know, Miami, when, when Miami was Miami, it was their D line was incredible and you couldn't move them and they can get pressure and you didn't need to blitz and everything. And they got to get back to that. And then you look at, there are just three dudes in South Florida on a defensive line. And I mean, dudes, whether it's Shamar Stewart at Monsignor Pace, Kenyatta Jackson at Shamanad Madonna or Marvin Jones Jr. at American Heritage. Now, as we really dive into our 22 class for rankings as a, as a recruiting team, I got to watch the D linemen. I said, you know, that was my area that I really watched is or the D linemen. <laughs> Let me tell you, man, when you watch Stewart, when you watch Jackson, you watch Jones, they are all unbelievable players. And now Stuart, you know, we already have him ranked really high. The other two, I mean, there's going to be some good debates on our next rankings call about, you know, moving those guys up or what everybody else feels. But I know in watching those three guys, man, if Miami could get those three guys, holy cow, you'd be sitting there going, geez, that D-line, that would be the core of the best D-line in the country in that class. I mean, it would be incredible. And so for me, if you're Miami, you're going to get back to it. And again, you you revamped your whole defensive side of the ball. And you bring in Travis Robinson. And yeah, he can coach, but he can also recruit. And he knows the area. He's got credibility there. I mean, geez, to me, this is setting up great for Miami. Now you just have to execute it. Now, what Miami did on the field was was pretty impressive. They, they fell flat on their faces in, in some of the big moments. But I feel like they put enough on the field, enough of a of an example for recruits to, to look at um, and, and kind of a resume to, 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 you know, to that Coach Diaz and that staff to really sell to recruits because for a moment there, it looked like Miami's defense was back to being what it is, right? Not only productive but entertaining and i think that's what that's what miami needs to be is entertaining on the defensive side when you talk about some of those guys that's what they they check that box of star power yeah and entertainment is not the turnover chain okay that's just kind of like some silly little thing on the side the kids love whatever i don't care if you do it you do it great no big deal entertaining is man they're gonna knock you they're gonna knock the snot out of you they're gonna be aggressive tough physical they're gonna fly around they are gonna hit you and they are gonna play now when i say reckless i don't mean as a team i mean you know not they're, they're going to be reckless with their bodies because they're going to hit you that hard. It's not a, you know, it, it's not that I'm saying they're reckless. I'm saying that's the style. And that's what you see in the NFL every day is these guys sacrifice their bodies. That's what you used to seeing with Miami. At least I was, you know, when they were in their heyday and yeah, I mean, they went, they had some growing pains during the season. I get that. But as you're trying to rebuild stuff, everything's not always, you know, roses it's sometimes you have to go through some tough things and you learn from it i mean manny diaz is still learning to be a head coach so there's all that aspect of it too but man i'll tell you what you you bring in a couple elite kids in the secondary and you bring in stuart jackson and jones and well you, you want to talk about being a better coach and a better coaching staff that stuff makes you better in a hurry yeah, so Miami needing to strike on the defensive side is talking point number three. Moving up 
up the list in the ACC talking points for the 2022 class. It's Clemson needing a quarterback in this class. Yeah, they do. Um, and we all know what, what Clemson has had at the quarterback position. Um, now, he's from out your way, so I'll let you pronounce DJ's last name because I know you'll do a, a tremendous job as he replaces Trevor Lawrence. But yeah, it, it's so it's DJ Ui Angalale. And so they don't bring in a quarterback last year. They, they need a quarterback, and we'll see what happens. Clemson, for those that, that really aren't familiar with Clemson and how they recruit, is different. Clemson is not out there throwing out 400 offers. They take forever to offer. They're very honest about it. I mean, shoot, there was a five-star kid that went on campus, you know, last winter. And they're like, yo, we know every other school's offering you, but we're not there yet. We want to make sure you're the right kid. We want to make sure you continue to develop. We want to make sure you mesh with our coaches and with our players. We'll get to you, but we're not ready yet. And eventually they they wound up offering him. And so why does that matter? You, you turn around, you look at Clemson. They've offered two quarterbacks, two one is Ty Simpson out of Tennessee, who's deciding at the end of the week, I believe on... Uh, on CBS Sports HQ. I yes. love the plug. Right. And then the other is Braden Davis, a Delaware kid, went down and played his junior in Florida. He's back up in Delaware, dual threat. So Ty Simpson, you know, everybody you talk to sees like Clemson has a really good chance to get him. Alabama's involved, Tennessee, Texas A&M. I know Steve Wiltfong just did an in-depth story on him for those that want to read it when you go on 24-7 Sports. If you're, if you're not subscribed, you should because... Brian, you're on it tonight. <laughs> I love the plugs. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, listen, if you... This is great stuff and everything. And if this tickles your fancy, this is what you get every day when you subscribe to 247. And that's all I'm saying with it. So to me, though, with Ty Simpson, if Clemson gets him, perfect. You know, he's he's from Tennessee. His dad is the head coach at UT Martin. He likes everything about Clemson. And then there's Braden Davis, who... You know, when I spoke with him about two weeks ago, it was Georgia, LSU, Clemson, West Virginia, Georgia Tech, and Rutgers. Those were the schools on him the heaviest. But then you look at LSU and Georgia already have guys committed. So I, I think clearly you'll see what the pecking order was Clemson the quarterback. If they get Ty Simpson, then you just move along and, and Clemson will continue to recruit its class. And you'll probably see some pieces fall into place after that as kids want to know who the quarterback is going to be at a school like that. But to me, that's the one thing to look at with Clemson. Make sure if you're the Tigers, you've got to get your quarterback. And to your point earlier about being selective, only two Power 5 programs have offered fewer prospects than Clemson so far in the 2022 class. That would be Northwestern and UCLA. So that's... Uh, that's We must not have had an eight-clap eighth or whatever yet for the UCLA. <laughs> we offer. haven't. Did we, did we miss an eighth? Was there a February eighth? Is that why we're behind with UCLA? Yeah, <laughs> we might not be tallying that one yet. Uh, so now we have arrived at the number one storyline to monitor in the 2022 class when it comes to the ACC, according to Brian Doan. Take it away. Well, boy, good pressure there. The stage is yours. The stage is mine. Oh, boy. I hope people aren't looking for refunds on their tickets. Hey, to me, everybody knows that Clemson's the team to beat in the ACC. What team has recruiting juice? What team has the dynamic staff to recruit? What program has a great campus with very good academics as well, and what program has a nice talent base within four hours of campus? It is North Carolina. And you look at what they've done with Mac Brown, and it's a slow build, right? This isn't like, hey, 
bring in one class and you're ready to go. There's growing pains with it. And you saw last year, they had a great season to go to the Orange Bowl. But there were also some bumps in the road to where they're giving up 40 plus points to some teams. It takes time to build it. Mac Brown had a great class last year. They are off to a, you know, they have three commits and you sit there and say, okay, fourth in the ACC, they're 19th overall. Well, that's because who are their commits are big time kids out of Virginia Beach. One's a receiver, Tyshawn Chapman. The other's a cornerback, Tayon Holloway. They also have an offensive lineman, Trevion Green out of Life Christian. That's a really good start. And the reason they have them is because they've done a good job of really building relationships early being comfortable. It's only a few hours from where each of them lives, so family can come see them. They love the academics. They love the coaching staff. I mean, for two kids in Virginia Beach, Dre Bly is the guy that, you know, the DB coach there who played in you know high school ball in the 757 and they love it so so you look beyond that though and you say okay they're involved with five-star offensive tackle zach rice who went to several games last year they're heavily involved with george petaway running back out of virginia unbelievable player omari and hampton running back out of cleveland high school in clayton north carolina again top 247 kid Malachi Hamrick, an outside linebacker from Shelby, North Carolina, is deciding on February 26th. It's between Ohio State and North Carolina. And right now, the crystal balls are pointing toward North Carolina. They're doing well with the receiver, Andre Green, out of Virginia. They're doing well with the inside linebacker, Xavier Simmons, out of Greensboro, North Carolina, Northwest Guilford. You know, I spoke to him last week. He, he absolutely loves North Carolina. Now he'll look around at a lot of other places. You know, so you sit there and you, you start going on with all this and you see all that talent there and you say, okay, here we go. <laughs> you know, can they close it and then develop those kids and really start making headway in closing the talent gap with Clemson? And, and I think that's, you know, I think that's really important to watch and, and see how that goes, especially through the spring. I mean, listen, if kids can get on that North Carolina campus, and I, I've always been of the belief that North Carolina should always recruit at a high level because of the Jordan brand, the campus, the weather, the academics, right? And so when kids get on that campus, boy, if, if they can get, if Mac Brown can get in front of those kids at some point in the spring, Man, there's going to be a lot of hand raising to join those classes. Yeah, that's a, a big equalizer in, in that regard. So that's going to be one of the more intriguing storylines to watch nationally, but it's the number one storyline to watch in the ACC, according to Brian Doan. Yeah, and, and you know, I look at it, and again, if you look, go through the ACC and you say, okay, who's recruiting at a high level who can challenge Clemson? Because that's what this is about, right? And and it sets it up, and then you, you turn around and you look, and, and one of the top quarterbacks in it, 2023 class and i know this is a 2022 storyline thing but our number 27 player in the 23 class is a quarterback at a cornelius north carolina at, at william amos huff school and tad hudson who you know he i was with him in november at a camp and he was telling me how much you know it was early in the process but he spoke with north carolina a lot he liked north carolina and you're going to go into right now as we sit here and there's a long way to go i i view north carolina as a school to beat for him and you put together a good 22 class you have a good season again and you continue to build next fall and that's how you close the gap on clemson no, like you said, it's going to be very interesting and obviously one of the the storylines to monitor in the ACC because Clemson right now is it's it, it they're in their own 
stratosphere per se, but, right? You, uh, but there is that that yeah, it is, and you know that, what? That someone could unseat them. It is. It, but here, here's the way I look at it, right? Year to year, you never know what's going to happen. Injuries, whatever. Just have a magical year. But you know, when I'm watching kids, you know, from from this part of the country, and I'm watching Michigan and Penn State when they get a kid, my first thought is, okay, does this help them beat Ohio State? Right. Fair enough. If you're in the SEC and you're Texas A&M, does this help them beat Alabama? So now here we are in the ACC and whether it's Florida State, Miami, North Carolina, when they get a kid, the first question is, does this kid help them beat Clemson? To me, that's what it is. That's what you're always judging it by is, is, you know, did you upgrade a talent and does it help you beat the team that's on the top of the hill? So there you have it, the five storylines to monitor in the 2022 class, according to Brian Doan in the ACC. Brian, thank you so much for joining us. It's it's Champions League week, by the way. And, and if you're signed up to 24-7 Sports and you've got a VIP membership, you've also got access to CBS All Access. So you can watch Liverpool if, if you want to. <laughs> Why would you not want to? <laughs> so that is Brian Doan. He is a national analyst for 24-7 Sports. You can follow him on Twitter at Brian Doan247. That's going to do it for us on this Monday. We'll be back with another episode later this week and another Power 5 Conference preview next week. Uh, for now, this is the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. CBS Sunday, after the Equalizer. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. It's the season finale. Everyone's looking for something. Of Tracker. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. How you survive, you make quick, smart decisions. If you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker, CBS season finale Sunday after the Equalizer on CBS and streaming on Paramount+.